Hello, race fans, and welcome once again to another high-octane episode of Trackside, proudly presented by Document Technologies. Document Technologies provides a comprehensive range of managed solutions, including multifunction devices, managed print services, and document management software. They're also known for their fast service, boasting an average response time of two hours or less, and offer high-quality product multifunction devices alongside document management and cloud hosting software. Stay tuned, racing enthusiasts, because the action starts right now, right here on Trackside. All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Terry Turner. Right there is Randy Dye. Randy, the, he said it well, high octane, because we have a jam-packed show today, Randy, including a guest coming up from MRN. Uh, Alex Hayden's going to be on with us, a co-anchor there pretty soon, so... We we have a lot to cover, brother. We do. It's um, you know I feel like uh, we're only a week away, obviously, and um, from uh, the the truck series, and um, uh, less than that with regard to um, the uh, the twins and who uh, starting to get some of those um, nervous energy butterflies and. Um, uh, just really uh, uh, excited, but you know, obviously, uh, obviously, it's uh, it's a cool time um, in our sport for sure. A lot going on, uh, and, and and personally, this just continues to amp up for us. Um, you know, Daniel's second year in the uh, in the NASCAR top three series, and. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm stumbling. I'm not normally uh, as you know <laughs> challenged for words, but it's just a lot to it's a lot to take in for sure. Yes, yes. There's no doubt. Well, I would tell you that my stack of stuff is like three times as high as typical because we do have, of course, New Smyrna Speedway and Lucia Speedway rolling, and the Clash and all that stuff going on. Before we dig into all that, Randy, you know, you and I talked. Uh, for the last 15 years, a lot about NASCAR and why we love it. And one of the big reasons is any any NASCAR race and fans are about to see it uh, as NASCAR returns to Daytona International Speedway here next weekend. But, uh, you know, airplanes flying over, American flags everywhere, honoring the United States of America and patriots therein. And you know, Randy, and you make fun of me all the time about my accents to a lot of other people, especially in Florida. Um, we lost a great patriot uh, today, or, well, excuse me, Tuesday evening, and uh, lost his fight with the intern. That'd be a great Oklahoma guy, and that's Toby Keith, a great patriot, and a guy who's done so much in Oklahoma, all over the country, many, many, many tours to uh, visit our servicemen overseas, and I don't know if you know this, Randy. I'm sure you probably do, but they don't get paid for that. The artists don't. Anyway, we lost Toby Keith, and um, it's been a tough one in Oklahoma. To, to and I've heard from people all over the place that know I'm from Oklahoma, mentioning this. And um, anyway, a, a big one. A, a, another a big fan of NASCAR, and NASCAR fans love Toby Keith and his music. Well, I, I think um, you know one of the things that I appreciate about uh, Toby Keith is just how much of um, a fan, um, patriot, um, uh, you know, of America. I mean, he was, and he was not shy about his feelings about America and, um, and how, he, uh, how he felt. And I think, you know, there's some people who didn't like it because he was so very, uh, very much a patriot and uh and there's but i i tend to i I line up with him man you know it's not you got to remember being american is really more about being um uh, about being and appreciating the country that we live in than it is about any particular political affiliation and i think that's really what what toby keith uh epitomized and um uh, i can remember a day and you can too when uh, the 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 varying the various parties of our country could still sit down and craft a solution that was best for America, as opposed to what was best for uh, a party, and um, 
I, uh, I hope one day we see that again. But and, if, and guys like uh, Toby Keith, um, man, they made you feel good about America when they got up and started talking about it. And I, you're right, I miss, I'll miss him. Thank God he's, his music will live on forever. And, uh, and we'll always be able to have a little bit of Toby Keith with us, right? You better believe it. His music lives on, and a lot of things he did lives on. I got some pictures from friends in Oklahoma real quickly on this. There's a, there's a huge hard rock in, in Tulsa. And they have a, a big, uh, well, it's, it's like a big screen. It's their sign, but it's about 20 stories tall. And right on one of the main I-44 highway right there. And uh, a, a huge picture and tribute to Toby Keith uh, on that. I got to say, I got a bunch of pictures of it. So a sight to see. So, yes, a lot of people will be missing him, no doubt about it. So thoughts and prayers. He was a good guy, a good, a good Christian man. Did a lot for us, Okies, no doubt about it. Another cool thing, Randy, I got a chance to witness Joe Gibbs speaking at Cornerstone Chapel Church in Leesburg, Virginia. And I would tell you, ladies and gentlemen, if you get a chance to go to uh, YouTube and type in Cornerstone Chapel with Joe Gibbs, it is, Randy, I mean, you know, you, you think you know a guy because you see him, you know, with, of course, coaching the Washington Redskins and and uh, owning JGR, and you see him around, and you, you know, but I've never had a chance to interview him. But watching this was a, I mean, it was a presentation. It was just awesome, like you would get from a, a coach, a Christian man like Joe Gibbs uh, is. It, uh, <clears throat> if you get a chance to check it out, ladies and gentlemen, it was wonderful. I know you'll, uh, you'll be checking it out, Randy, and you know what, what a great man Joe Gibbs is, and a lot of people got to witness it. And a lot of people came forward uh, at the church when Joe Gibbs was there. The, uh, uh, the you know, I've read a couple of uh, books by um, Joe Gibbs, and uh, you know, he's very candid um, about his what his faith has done for him in every walk of life, and what and what it was like living um, just some of his life without faith, and. Um, you know, one of the things a lot of people don't know about Joe Gibbs, he, he went bankrupt, and yes. and um, and he and he he talks about that in in one of the books that I've that I've read about him. Um, you know, he's he's but you know, I think a lot of times people think that uh, being a Christian makes you uh, not so tough. This is a tough dude, <laughs> very compassionate, has the ability to be extraordinarily warm but make no mistake about it he is one tough dude yes and a great uh, a great communicator of that toughness in a, in a way that makes you understand and agree and speaking of that book randy the book you're talking about that talks about uh, basically his testimony and of course covers the the bankruptcy and all that he gave away there was 2200 people uh that uh signed up to get in that's all they allowed there at the church and uh, every one of them got a book no charge for that it was a free event so uh, amazing stuff no doubt about that well right now we are going to go to the local portion of our track site show one daytona located across from the world's center of racing is proud to present our local segment where we talk with a local star in your part of the country following a big win event preview, and much more. One Daytona in Daytona Beach is a vibrant destination offering an array of shopping, dining, and entertainment options, including unique events and live music suitable for families and individuals alike. Folks, I'm going to steal the audio from my racing report. So, Mark, if you'll hit that audio, it'll cover, and then we're going to come back and talk uh, some more about the local events. Go ahead, Mr. Mark. Hey, race fans, the Federated Auto Parts Dirt Car Nationals are big time underway at Volusia Speedway Park. Over 100 UMP Modifieds are projected to chase nightly feature winner trophies and a starting spot in the 30-lap $5,000 to win Gator Championship feature happening Saturday night. Big names like Wallace, Lee, Strickler, Allgaier, Schrader, and Tyler Nicely are winning races out there. Tyler Nicely comes into the Dirt Car Nationals as the reigning National Dirt Car UMP Modified Points Champion after a stout weekly racing season in 2023 complete with a nation high 24 feature wins from january to 
October. And at New Smyrna Speedway, action got underway with the Red Eye 50-50 on Saturday night. Brent Cruz from Denver, North Carolina, wins the David Rogers Super Late Model feature. Jason Vale from Claremont, Florida, winning the Pro Late Model feature. Brandon Gaither wins the Bomber A's. And Michael Toner Jr. wins the Tour Mods. And Saturday night, the World Series of Asphalt gets underway with the Whalen Modified Tour. This is going to be a 200-lap feature race starting at 7.30. And to make it even more fun, you will be witnessing live pit stops just like you do in NASCAR. And on Tuesday night, the ASA Stars National Tour will be there at New Smyrna Speedway featuring Chase Elliott and a whole bunch more stars. And in case you didn't know, the clash at the Coliseum in L.A. was rescheduled for Saturday night at the last minute because of rain. Daniel Suarez wins the NASCAR Mexico race and Denny Hamlin wins the clash. If you saw it, it definitely was a Demolition Derby, we haven't heard the last about this one. Yeah, that's right, folks. We're going to talk more about the Clash when we get into our, our Cup Series. And, uh, Randy, you, you've helped me a lot over the years as far as uh, how to pro- how to pronounce things normally uh, away from my Oki <laughs> accent. That is Whelan, not Whelan, right? It is Whelan, yeah. But, I mean, it's you know, it all depends on what part of the country you're from, so it's okay. <laughs> well and you know talking again there's so much going on this weekend but uh, a big one randy is the clyde hart memorial 200 um uh, that's happening really monday and tuesday out there and tuesday chase elliott will uh be appearing i got a chance to talk to bob Sargent, who kind of runs or owns the asa brand and this will be the first time uh, that this ASA brand, all-star brand, has come to New Smyrna Speedway, so it's a, it's a big deal. Uh, on Tuesday, uh, drivers meeting at 1 o'clock, ASA stars qualifying will be at 4.30, and then a last chance qualifying race, if it's needed, at 6 p.m., an autograph sec- session at 6.30, and then the Clyde Hart Memorial, uh, Clyde Hart Memorial Green Flag at 7.30. This is a big deal. I, I talked to, to Rusty briefly uh, his voice was shaking. They've got so much stuff going on out there, both both Volusia Speedway and New Smyrna Speedway. But this Clyde Hart Memorial with the SA uh, Stars National Tour there, Chase Elliott being there, it, it's big time right here in your uh, right here in the backyard. Well, it's a it's a kind of revival of a of a great series. Um, Bob Sargent is a terrific promoter and director of a series, and uh, um, you know I, I'm pretty sure. They're going to have more race cars than they have spots, um, and uh, uh, you know, so that means likely some people will not make the race and will be going home. I can remember when I raced Speed Weeks, you know, uh, a few years ago. Well, <laughs> a few years ago, it's been a few more, a few years plus a few years ago. Um, you know, I, I started a race out there, uh, a, 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 what would be now a late model race. Um, uh, with 36 cars in the field. And so 36 cars on a half-mile racetrack, you know, they do that at Bristol, of course, with the Cup Series. It could start as many as 40, um, and they start 36 trucks up there. So it's a lot of cars um, on a, uh, you know, on a half-mile racetrack. And at that place, it's really, really fast, especially uh, the back stretch and, uh, and, and going into turn three. But, boy, it gets a little bit tight exiting that corner, uh, exiting turn four. And uh, there's a lot of action that happens when you get that many race cars on a racetrack that size and that fast. I mean, it is, it's a fast speedway. I always love that racetrack. Um, obviously, it's close to home. But, uh, uh, you know, if you, if you like going fast and being busy, that's the place to race. Well, and speaking of going fast, as you said, with qualifying with all the cars that are there, that's going to be happening at four thirty on Tuesday, and it should be uh, well. Let's see, it should be wild. Online coverage on TrackTV.com, uh, MidwestTour.tv, or of course on Flow Racing. And again, Chase Elliott will be there. Ty Majeski will also be there. Randy, we have a guest on the line right now that uh, from MRN that we are going to have you introduce, and we're real excited to have Alex Hayden on. Uh, Randy, tell us about this guy. Well, you know, a- Alex is one of those guys he, he, that you're—he's—he's he's a voice that's so recognizable, um, and it kind of makes when 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 Alex starts talking on the MRN broadcast, um, it, it just makes you feel—it feels right. You know, it's like okay, now it's okay. We're good to start because Alex is there, and uh, 
has great insight. Um, <laughs> he does a phenomenal job. And, you know, I, I, I've already gotten in trouble for this, but I'm going to do it again. And, uh, you know, I tend to like to listen to the MRN guys do the broadcast of a race that I, even when I'm watching it on TV. I'd rather, and so, and, and Alex knows some of those guys on TV are friends of mine. So, so it's a, it's a tough, it's a tough spot for me to walk, but, uh, he's a great, he's a great broadcaster, a true professional, a huge fan of the sport. And oh, by the way, in his own right, a pretty doggone good golfer. Welcome, Alex Hayden. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to getting out and swinging the sticks again sometime soon, but, uh, obviously, with with all that we've got going on here in the next ten days or so, we're going to have to put the golf clubs in the corner for just a few days. Well, hopefully, you'll be able to come back to us. Uh, you know, we we do our annual event uh, golf tournament, and uh, uh, it's it's moved around a little bit. We've I think we finally landed on uh, on June eighteenth, so maybe mark your calendar. Hey, I've got that in the calendar right now. As a matter of fact, as you're saying that, so yeah, I, I look forward to that. If we can make that happen, I'd absolutely be a part of that. Well, it's a great destination, uh, you know, Plantation Bay and Ormond Beach. Uh, beautiful, beautiful new, brand new clubhouse, and and probably the most well conditioned golf course, uh, certainly in several miles around here. It's just really, really, really good. But hey, I know you were on. We're here to talk about racing, and you know. Uh, how many years now, Alex? How many years have you been with MRN? This is getting ready to start season number 28, so 28 oh, years. It's yeah. uh, That's a good thing and a bad thing. It's great because I've been able to see so much now in 27 full seasons, but it, it kind of has that bittersweet part of it, too, because that means, boy, I'm getting old. Uh, so, yeah, I, I've gotten to a point where I'm seeing a lot of these drivers come in that, that it used to be, well, they could be my my sons and daughters now i'm looking at it as well they could potentially be my grandkids so that's just uh, the bittersweet part of it but no i'm, I'm very fortunate to, to still be a part of it so alex do you um, still enjoy it do you still enjoy doing it after all these years because you do create a lot of excitement for mrn I, on the air do you, do you love it i Bill? do I, I and the number one thing that, that makes me continue to have literally that burning fire that that wants to keep going to the racetrack is the fact that i'm i'm a race fan just like anybody else and and i i try to bring that across the airwaves when we're on the air broadcasting on mrn but you know it's something that i love sure i get uh, frustrated occasionally with the commercial airlines or the the hotel and especially we get towards the summer stretch i I get to a point I need to take a Sharpie and write on the hotel key what my room number is because they all start to seem the same. Uh, but rental cars and restaurants, and that's just part of it. And you have to understand what you're signing up for when you get involved with a sport because NASCAR, much like the PGA Tour, is different than most stick and ball sports in the fact that half of our season is not played at a home game, if you will. Uh, so half half of our year – we don't get to stay home. We have to go wherever the series takes us any given weekend. And we all know this is a, this is a grind schedule. When we start broadcasting the first of February, we were in Los Angeles, obviously last weekend for the Bushlight Clash. And then it takes you all the way through the, the first to, to mid November. That's a lot of time on the calendar. So you have to be committed to it and you have to love it. And I still do more than I ever have. So, you know, you talk about beginning season 28. You know, one of the things we talk about on our program a lot is the the chemistry that's between a crew chief and a driver, and and then how a pit crew you know has to work together to pull off that perfect pit stop. You know, Daniel was telling me he was doing some pit stop practice here the, the other day, and they were doing um, you know on a truck sub twelve second pit stops. Um, and I and of course I don't know how much you got to pay attention uh, last year, but we didn't have. Um, I will promise you we didn't have one sub-12 second uh, pit stop, <laughs> and we probably didn't have any t- sub-20 second pit stops. And I, and I asked him how, how, how that felt, and he said, weird. And I said, yeah, you're going to go out of the pit, st- pit this year, and you're going to have to pay attention to guys that are beside you. You know, he, he, didn't, have it, he didn't have that problem last year because he could just go out behind everybody. Um, but, but the point isn't that. The point isn't about him. It's that, that chemistry that you've got a team of guys that you work with, every week and they all have their own little thing and they all have a big part 
of the perfect broadcast or the perfect segment. How's all that work? It is uh, very similar to what you just described with with driver, crew, chief, and and pit crews. Everybody has to be coordinated and understand uh, any given role that you have for whatever race broadcast you're doing. And look, we're we're veterans. I mentioned this is my 28th season. I'm about to start. My broadcast partner, Jeff Striegel, this is, he'll be, what, 27 years. Dave Moody will be out in turns one and two at Daytona. This will be his 40th year on MRN. Uh, Mike Bagley will be out on the backstretch. This will be year 32 for Mike Bagley. Dylan Welch will be uh, in turns three and four in Daytona. So Dylan, he's one of the young guys out there. Uh, Dylan, I think, is in, what, his fifth year with this for MRN. And then Steve Post on the pit lane, Jason Toy, Kim Kuhn. We're talking 26 years, 22 years, and 10 years. So we, we have a lot of time uh, holding microphones and broadcasting lap after lap in NASCAR racing. And that's certainly where a lot of the chemistry comes from and how we do what we do. Bottom line is, is our microphones are hot the whole time. No matter if I'm talking in the booth, uh, Dave Moody's mic out in turn one is hot all the time. So all he has to do is push the button, and he can – interject and go out over the air like he does if there's a trouble call if there's a crash out in front of him he'll interrupt right in the middle and trouble is the key word if anybody hears trouble at any given time you're supposed to stop talking and let that person take over the broadcast um it's just voice inflection you listen to each person that that's talking in front of you and listen to when they're about to end a sentence a lot of people don't realize it but just in everyday conversation they end sentences when their voice drops so you just listen to things like that, and you pick up and roll right along with it. We don't have a, a producer telling us when to talk and when to jump in. We just simply do it by feel, and it comes with year after year of experience. Well, you know, the thing that I, that I, I get, it makes me excited. A lot of times I'm moving around, and and as you know, sometimes I don't stay around for the cup race um, and uh, you know travel in, travel back as fast as I can, and <laughs> and, and that leaves me uh, vulnerable to, to not being able to see some of the races I'd like to, but I listen to you guys, and you do make me feel like I'm there. And uh, that's, the, that's the sign of a true professional. So, uh, I, you know, I'm sure I'm just one of many, many, many people who, who, who feel the way that I do and ex- get the same experience. i got to ask you, and I'm, this is probably one of the toughest questions for you to answer, but 27 years uh, in in the in the memory banks, and I'm going to say I, I'm going to I'm going to qualify this because I probably know the answer if I <laughs> ask the question a different way. But the most exciting, the most exciting event, the most exciting individual event at a race that you've called in 27 years, the best. Well. <laughs> I'll answer this in a couple of different ways. First of all, anytime you have a chance to broadcast the great American race, the Daytona 500, the excitement levels through the roof. But an actual individual circumstance uh, was at Martinsville, obviously two years ago, uh, Ross Chastain's move that, that he pulled <laughs> off around the wall to get into the championship four race at Phoenix the following week. That was by far and away the most insane thing I've ever witnessed at a racetrack, no matter if it's NASCAR or short track, whatever the case may be. Uh, and to be able to broadcast that, I- I'm still kind of scratching my head how I even got words out because I was more fan as that was happening. Because at first I thought the throttle stuck on the car and, oh, boy, he just hit the wall. And then a second later goes by and I realize this is intentional. He is doing whatever it took. And to me, that is full commitment as a race car driver to do whatever it takes to get to the championship race the following week. It was incredible. So that one instance is by far and away the most exciting thing I've ever had a chance to call, let alone witness with my own two eyes. But um, as far as just an event itself, there is nothing like the Daytona 500. So one more, um, you know, since you brought that one up, and that's the one you chose. What do you think about the, the, the rule that they've imposed that says you can't do that anymore? I don't like it. I don't like how it at you, all. How, how, do, how do you really honestly so, – so now, let's, let's be honest, 
that's going to be subjective. So if you if you do it if you do it, you know, a thousand feet from the start finish line, does that mean that you you broke the rule? Where in the world? How are you going to interpret that? That is that is part of the reason I'm against it because you're bringing the umpire into play, and outside Amen. of an umpire's wife or mom, nobody goes to a baseball game to see the umpire. Okay, this is how it works, and, and and I think that's the same in in NASCAR racing. You don't want the officials to be the ones to make a call like that and make it a determination call. To me, look, they're going to throw the S word out there, safety. Okay, I understand that, but these are safer barrier walls for a reason. Uh, these are the best stock car drivers on the planet. For a reason, they've earned the right to be at this particular level. Heck, the top three national series—it doesn't matter to me. The fact of the matter is, is we saw something incredible that we had never seen before, ever. And for them to come out the very next what next week or so and say, ah, we, "We don't, we don't need that happening anymore," to me, we completely wiped out an element. W- would that mean it's going to happen every single race? No, it wasn't. Because just about every single driver, every single engineer and crew chief, and and you can bet every race team at some point after that race in Martinsville immediately went to iRacing or the the technical simulators that they have there outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, and everybody tried it at every single racetrack. Because because I know, I spoke to a lot of drivers and a lot of teams about it that, that following week at Phoenix, and they all said the same thing. It only works if you get exactly right on the wall at Martinsville. It won't work at Phoenix. It won't work at Kansas. It won't work at other tracks because you're going to, to scrub off way too much speed. It only worked at, at Martinsville because such a short track, such a short radius around the tight corner, and Ross Chastain just happened to get the car up against the wall at the exact right time to do it. Uh, I spoke to Corey LaJoy and a couple of other drivers who did it on the simulator at Martinsville, and there are certain spots on the wall you hit it, and it slows the car way down. But where Chastain put the car on the wall, it worked. So to me, it wasn't something that was going to happen every week. We weren't going to have that take place to to have a different element every week to think about. So it was going to be an extreme rare circumstance, kind of like that that Hail Mary pass in football or the or the buzzer beater shot. The reason those types of events and those type of memories are so special is because they don't happen very often. So to me, it's the same thing. This was a Hail Mary type of play that Ross Chastain pulled off that just simply had never happened and, quite frankly, wouldn't happen that often anymore. So to make a rule about it, I think, was kind of a stinker, uh, kind of a letdown. But, you know, that's part of it. There, It is now the rule, and we're not going to see it anymore. All right. So, Alex, one last up. quick question I got on my screen. You, you mentioned Moody in 40 years. You mentioned travel, hotels, et cetera. Have you thought about how much longer you want to do it? Yeah, uh, until I can't do it anymore. Quite honestly, at this point where I'm at in my life, uh, I'm super lucky to be where I'm at. I'm only 53, and I say that. That's, that's old to people who are 20. But uh, people who people who are 55 wish they were 53. So, you know, I feel great, uh, healthy. And as long as I can continue to translate what my eyes show me to translate into words to come out of my mouth, I want to keep doing this. So I do not have a complete definitive stop time on my radar at all. Um, as long as the network keeps wanting me to, to come to the racetrack, I'll keep uh, showing up and being there. All right, Randy, I think you and I agree gonna... that's the answer we wanted to hear. Amen. <laughs> that's right. Okay, so – you're going to give you. We're going into Daytona. We're, we'll skip the. We'll skip the duels and sit, and who's going to win the duels? Who's going to win the truck race? Your prediction. That's a great question. I mean, and it's so hard right now because nobody really knows how it's going to play out. We have such new faces in the Craftsman Truck Series in different places. When you think about some of the drivers that were there that are no longer in the series, guys like Carson Hosevar, look at the number of wins that aren't going to be there for that that particular truck this season or with that particular driver i I think it's wide open i really do daytona always comes down to to two things obviously and especially in a truck is luck you got to have some of that on your side doesn't matter how great a race team you have or how talented a driver you are you got to have some luck at daytona so i think it's going to come down to luck 
And quite honestly, I think a little bit of experience is going to have to, to, to come into play to have success in a truck at Daytona. Knowing when to make the move and when to be patient is going to be part of the thing. I couldn't even begin to tell you right now who I think could win the truck series race. I honestly don't know. Okay. Uh, Terry, how about you? Who are you, who are you going to pick to win the truck race? Uh, I think I'm going to go with Daniel Dye. Okay. There you how go. about that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to try try this again. You gave us a, one political answer. I'm going to see if we got the second one. How about the, how about the Xfinity series? Yeah. You're gonna, is it the same thing? You know, the Xfinity series, I really like Justin Allgaier. I, I really yeah. do. Yes. Allgaier has yes. been outstanding at Daytona year after year. That is the big one that has eluded him. Uh, I think Justin Allgaier is primed to finally get to, to victory lane at the World Center of Racing. This this coming week at Daytona, I, I don't know why. It's just a gut feeling, but I, I do think Allgaier is the guy to beat. And finally, the Daytona 500. You know, when you look at the Daytona 500, uh, I, I'll tell you this: whoever starts on the pole, I will not take. It doesn't matter who it is. Uh, we haven't had a Daytona 500 pole winner win the Daytona 500 since Dale Jarrett did it. And to, to kind of put an exclamation point on that, I was doing some homework on that. Three current Cup Series drivers, Carson Hosevar, Ty Gibbs, and Todd Gilliland, weren't even born the last time the Daytona 500 <laughs> pole winner won the Daytona 500. So I'll tell you that right now. Um, you, you look at it across the board, we've, we've seen Michael McDowell and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. and Austin Sendrick drivers jump up and surprise and get a Daytona 500 for for guys like Cindric and, and McDowell, this was a long-awaited thing, uh, and it's only when Cindric has had. So what we've seen here is of late the trend of guys breaking through and getting a surprise win in, in the biggest race on the schedule. I think that changes this year, and the reason I think it changes is because of a change, and that's Legacy Motor Club, who has switched over to Toyota. They will have guaranteed two cars, and Eric Jones and, and John Hunter Nemechek, and a potential third that has to, to make the show in Jimmy Johnson. That means three more Toyotas. That's always been the knock against any Toyota team on, on uh, drafting tracks in the Cup Series is they just simply don't have the numbers to team up and do it. Yeah, Denny Hamlin has got three Daytona 500 wins all in Toyotas, but it was circumstantial and had some good luck on his side. But I think the big thing now is Toyota's going to have some strength in numbers this year. And I think they're going to play that card very well. And I think Denny Hamlin's going to do it again. I really do. I think Hamlin has embraced the role of the villain in the sport of NASCAR racing. And I think he's excited. He has become the mouthpiece. And I think Denny Hamlin is the guy that's got a lot of confidence both in the race car and out of it. And I like Denny Hamlin to win the Great American Race again. Well, hey, wow. listen, Alex, uh, we appreciate you joining us, and um, uh, we'll, we'll mark your, your predictions down, and I'm going to end it with this. You, you'll remember the one Ward Burton won the race? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I predicted Ward Burton to win the race on a, on a radio show that was before this one. So there you that go. That is big. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us. Best of luck, and we look forward to listening to you all year long. Very kind of you guys to have me on the show. I really appreciate it. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Alex. Thanks a lot, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we take a quick break, we need to go to the truck segment of Trackside. The tough trucks of NASCAR are next up on the agenda, presented by Aaron Delgado and Associates. With over 110 combined years of experience in criminal defense and personal injury, Aaron Delgado and Associates takes pride in vigorously representing clients in various challenging legal situations within the community. Now, let's go trucking. All right, Randy, I like this one. Raja Carruth will uh, move to Aspire Motorsports in the number 71 Chevrolet Silverado in a full-time NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series uh, 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 rig. And uh, HendrickMotorCars.com will be showcasing the team's primary sponsor for 10 races beginning with the season opening uh, fresh from Florida 250. So that's a good piece of news right there, Randy. Yeah, we were kind of hoping to see something good come from the from Rajah's camp, and uh, this is really very, very good. And, uh, you know, he's a, I, I like Rajah Karuth. He's a good good young man, and 
you know he does a he does a good job representing the sport. He's a very aggressive race car driver, um, and uh, you know we we've we've seen that out of him. We've raced with Raja now. This will be the third year we raced with him full season during the um, uh, the Arkham Menard series, and then last year in the Truck series he was a teammate of Daniels, and then this year. Uh, you know he'll be over at Spire and and Hendrick, so still uh, still a Chevy teammate, so very good. And uh, I, I think he's a talented guy. He's a hard worker, um, and and so uh, it, it'll it'll be fun. It's it'll be great to see him around the racetrack. That's for sure. They love, love his dad, his family. They're good people. And speaking of Corey LaJoy, we just heard him talked about there. He's going to run in the truck series. Uh, Corey LaJoy will be in the number seven uh, blue-green vacation Chevrolet Silverado. And uh, they're going to find out uh, later in this later in the year with Spire Motorsports if they're going to continue with him. They're not announced as yet, uh, but they do have a full-time in the number seven uh, truck. We'll be running all season, and it uh, says here that there will be an all-star a lineup in that truck. So good to see LaJoy in the truck series and going to be interesting to watch, no doubt about it. Before we take a break, WeatherGuard renews and we talk about sponsors all the time and there's tons of news about sponsors this week in a positive way. But no, WeatherGuard renews the title sponsorship of the truck series at Bristol uh, for the March 16th race. No doubt about that. It's going to be cool. And again, Randy, another great sponsor right there. That'll be live on, of course, Fox Sports 1 and MRN Radio. Yeah, look forward to, uh, you know, we've talked about this so many times, but it's great to have the sponsors involved in the sport. They do, you know, uh, it it tells you a lot about the strength of of NASCAR, the platform, the the TV networks, the content, great stuff. Um, And, you know, we we know if you listen to the number of teams that are planning on racing in the truck series, I haven't seen the official entry list yet for the race here in Daytona, the season opener, but... Uh, and, and there's only 36 spots available uh, for the for this race. I, I'm going to bet you it'll probably be 43, 44 or so trucks entered um, for the 36 spots. So um, uh, it'll it'll be tough. It's going to be tough to get in the race. Period. It's going to be fun to watch the truck series. is always wild at Daytona. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, and we'll be right back. We've got a lot more right here on Trackside. Introducing the all-new Tractor and Outdoor Power Equipment section at DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors. Now you can gear up for your outdoor projects with premium brands like Bobcat, Massey Ferguson, Shindaiwa, Echo, and more. Need a powerful lawnmower for that perfect lawn? They've got it. How about a rugged tractor to tackle those big projects? DeLand Motorsports and Outdoors has you covered. And let's not forget the Lawn and Garden Center with everything from weed whackers to chainsaws commercial or residential deland motorsports and outdoors has the goods to keep you moving so why settle for ordinary when you can have extraordinary visit deland motorsports and outdoors today at their new location and explore the thrilling world of outdoor power equipment deland motorsports and outdoors where the thrill of the ride meets the power of the great outdoors your journey begins here If somebody knocks on your door or a telemarketer's on your phone, you know it's not us. Hi, folks, this is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. If you've been thinking about solar, we want you to knock on our door or call us. SolarFit's been a part of this community for over 47 years, and our customers love us. Couldn't say it if it wasn't true. Now's the time to go solar for your home or business. Give us a call at 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. Welcome back to Trackside as we now take a look under the hood in the NASCAR Xfinity Series presented by Daytona's Garage. Daytona's Garage offers more than just standard dealership customization. They provide a comprehensive range of services for personalizing and enhancing cars, Jeeps, and trucks of any make and model, focusing on both aesthetics and performance with affordability. Reliable service. Now, back to Terry and Randy. All right. I like this, Randy. Natalie Decker is going to be competing for DGM Racing at Daytona. We, we know who Natalie Decker is. She will have to qualify for the Xfinity Series race at Daytona. 
Uh, she's got a great sponsor from Amped Fitness. I was looking at some of the ads that she's done with Amped Fitness. Really, really awesome. And uh, while competing, this is kind of a cool piece of news right here. While competing part-time in the Craftsman Truck Series for Nice Motorsports in 2020, uh, Natalie Decker titled the best finish by a female competitor in series, his, uh, series history, and that was in fifth place. So good to see her back behind the wheel, and we're hoping she can qualify. Well, yeah, again, I mean, you think of what I just said about the number of entries that I think that will be in the truck series. You know, this is you keep hearing these people that are going to run and that haven't run. You know, you take a couple of them out, like, um, you know, GMS is gone, and there was three entries there. But, but ultimately, two of them, uh, you know, it's the, we have gone someplace else, so those, that number didn't drop. Um, so it'll, it's going to be a full house for sure, no doubt. And, and, you know, Natalie Decker as well, another one. I, that's why I say it's going to be uh, – Daytona is going to be tough to get in the field, that's for sure. Well, it just makes it more exciting, and uh, we'll be seeing the best of the best out there. Here's a name we haven't heard for a while, but he'll be driving in, uh, for MBM Motorsports at Daytona in the Xfinity, in Xfinity Series. That's David Starr. will drive the number, six, uh, number 66 Greenlight Performance product Chevrolet Camaro. Uh, during the United Rentals 300 at Daytona. So hadn't heard of that name in a while, and uh, I remember seeing his trucks or his trailers and stuff a uh, long time ago in the field at Daytona. Uh, good to have him back. He still is about, you know, he's out there a little bit and, and, and runs a few races a year at different different series. So, uh, and I think it just, he just makes himself available. And, uh, you know, lots of guys come to the racetrack and, uh, with, their, with their, their gear just in case. So, I don't think David Starr is going to compete full time, but I think he's he's definitely going to have, he'll 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 run more than more than a couple of races. That's for sure. Gotcha. Speaking of races, ladies and gentlemen, I want to put this in as we have just heard the Land Motorsports commercial and uh, Randy. Spring is coming. You're going to be on the back of a powerful lawnmower and weed whacker <laughs> before you know it. But uh, it, with all the racing and everything that's going on. It's hard to figure, uh, but we do have bike week coming up in March, and we've got the Daytona 200 two-wheel race and a bunch more great racing going on at the Daytona, Daytona International Speedway during speed weeks, and we're going to be hearing a lot more of two-wheel as we roll that way, and I want a big thanks to go out to all the guys over at Land Motorsports to bring that stuff to us. Well, you go out and you do the weed whack and the, and the, and the grass cutting, with stuff from, from Deland Motorsports. Then you get on the bike you bought from Deland Motorsports and go have a good time. <laughs> I was just thinking out loud as you said that. I was thinking of trying to train my Doberman to run a weed whacker. Just a side <laughs> Yeah, note. I'm sure you, there you go. Well, you can see how that works out. Let me know, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. In, in the Cup Series, we didn't really dig into, and we're not going to have a lot of time to dig into heavily, uh, the, the Bush Light Clash. Randy, uh, you know, I, I have to admit, <clears throat> I was planning on Sunday, got a lot of stuff going on on Saturday, and did not see the decision till it was basically too late. Uh, all the heat races were canceled. Uh, as you can see, the, the crowd was pretty sparse, but they got about seven, a little over seven inches of rain in the L.A. area on Sunday. So NASCAR acted quickly. The team's uh, acted quickly. It really says a lot for the organization. And you're talking about timing with our guests that they pulled this race off, but, uh, it happened, uh, on Saturday night and Denny Hamlin ended up winning that race. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, what happened in terms of the decision to run the race on Saturday required, uh, it, it was an extreme weather uh, situation that created a very extreme decision to move a, a race up a day uh, and change the format and all that stuff. So I think uh, it's very, very, very difficult to judge anything from that race. You know, crowd size, TV audience, none of it is really going to be very relevant because of what happened. Um, but at the same time, I think, you know, this is the third year, and I'm not sure that I think that it's um, – that it's necessarily something you want to repeat. You know, it's a very expensive proposition for the teams to go from North Carolina, almost all of them, to um, to the west coast of the, of uh, the country. 
And I understand we need to have a, a presence in, on the West Coast, um, but it's, that's just an extraordinary uh, effort, uh, and, and the cost to the, to the teams is, is high, uh, and uh, I'm not sure the return is great. I think, and you know, be reminded, there's not that many places that you can do an event in the country like that. I mean, you're either going to be doing it on the West Coast or the or the very, you know, in the Southeast. Maybe, maybe next year it's Homestead. I have, you know, I have my own idea. I've said this before. I think we just go ahead and run it at Daytona on the road course, um, but uh, and put all three divisions out there, all three NASCAR's top series. And, uh, you know, maybe it's 15 cars from each series. And it'll be fun. I think it'd be awesome. Uh, and and well, it would extend Speed Weeks a bit, you know? Well, we, we have some more comments on that uh, from <laughs> Denny Hamlin, but we're going to save those to the Space Coast Credit Union Rumors and Silly Season uh, portion of our program. So you have to stand by, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. But okay. uh, going back to the clash, okay. So, how many times have we seen Logano pull some stunts and dirty moves and wreck people and everything else? Well, he <clears throat> typically I don't t- take up take up for Ty Gibbs, but Ty Gibbs, uh, I'm not I don't have time to play the comments and stuff. I have the interview, but um, Ty Gibbs gets attacked kind of uh, in his trailer by Logano, getting in his face and yelling at him and using some language that I even heard haven't heard in the Marine Corps, um, but. Um, uh, for for Logano, for this young fellow, what's he trying to do? Scare him or what, Randy? And then I'm gonna let you comment on all. I'm gonna throw them all at you, and you can comment. Stenhouse, come on, man. Stenhouse takes down John Hunter Nemechek's window net, puts his head in the car, gets out of his car during the halftime, goes in, in this little Stenhouse. Oh my gosh, gets in there, and yells at uh, yells at uh, at John Hunter Nemechek. I wish John Hunter would have decked him. Uh, Bubba uses up Larson the whole daggum race. Larson uh, spins him out during the white flag. Finally, he stands up. And then Ross Chastain puts Tyler Reddick in the fence after the checkered flag. I think there should be a penalty, and I'm a big Ross Chastain fan, uh, but there should be a penalty on that, and he has to pay for the car. So there's there's four to comment on, Randy. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I, I think all of what you just described is, a, is absolutely a function of a short track racing event. It's you're going to get there's, there's no real way to pass people without touching them in a quarter mile racetrack. Uh, it's just it's inherent in what they do. Okay, at, at, a, at a short track like that, so all four of those are resolved. Now the big deal is is, is it going to carry over? And the answer is most likely yes. Um, will it carry over to Daytona? I think the answer is most likely no, um, because Daytona. People know better. You don't go beating and banging on each other, trying to wreck somebody or retaliate on a super speedway. It's 200-plus miles an hour, and that's not the place to be playing those games. But will it happen at a Martinsville? Yeah, probably. (laughs) I think you can. (laughs) Bristol? Yeah, I think so. Those those two places are going to be ripe for, uh, for retribution. Well, and I would agree with you 110%. I, I think this is not going to be the first time that we see Ty Gibbs get uh, picked on. And we won't go back in history right now. We don't have time. But uh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna take some more comeuppets, as we would say, in Oklahoma. Speaking of Joe Gibbs, again, interstate batteries. This is a good one, Randy. Returns to, to Joe Gibbs Racing for the 33rd consecutive year. How about that one? Well... I, I mean, again, I think you, you you sort of started it earlier and talked about what a quality guy Joe Gibbs is and a quality organization, and he has quality partners. So, uh, yeah, it's great to see. I, I'm, a, I'm partial. I am partial. I, I like the consistency of partnerships like that. You know, I, I, for the longest time when Richard Petty was racing himself, you know, he had the longest standing uh, partnership out there, which was, uh, STP, and that was a very you know it's it's like I, I'm not a big fan when when uh, uh, football teams change their jersey colors and create some other image. You know the Steelers are are you know yellow and yellow and black, right? Um, and and I don't like it when a jersey is different or changes. That doesn't make sense to me. 
so it, it, it kind of interrupts, and I know it gives an opportunity to sell, sell more merchandise and all that, but that's not really the goal. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is if you take a fan and, and they know what color paint scheme and the partners, it's a whole lot easier to identify. And, and so I'm kind of partial to that. So I like the fact that Interstate Battery is going to be around with the Joe Gibbs organization for a long time. Has been and sounds like it will continue. You bet. You bet. All right. We're, we've flown through our time. I've got to get this Space Coast Credit Union rumors in. Uh, contract talks between NASCAR and the teams have stopped. We'll see what happens on that. A lot more to be said about that that we don't know. Denny Hamlin says it's time to get rid of the clash. It's not worth the expense. You touched on that. And Rob's drivers of information they used to get at the clash in Daytona in preparation for the Daytona 500. And don't and Tony Stewart says he's tired of getting blamed for SHR performance. Uh, just a real quickly on performance and preparation of the Daytona 500. I missed the clash being at Daytona. Uh, just a quick comment on that, Randy. I don't think, I mean, with all due respect, that the information they get to, from the clash to run the the Daytona 500 is not the reason to have it at Daytona. At Daytona, in fact, my my plan says you don't use the, that racetrack uh, for the for the event. So I, I don't care about that at all. Moving it, I'm not sure we don't disagree. Uh, to Tony Stewart's comments: Hey, man, y- you are in charge, and uh, <laughs> so uh, the kid kind of on this one of this this situation you got to make the right decisions to to up the performance okay got it i agree with you we have blown through our time we have a lot more to cover but just can't get to it uh we're, we're going to talk a lot more about some of the stuff we missed next week get ready ladies and gentlemen get to the racetrack this weekend get ready to head to the daytona international speedway uh coming right up next weekend thank you for being with us right here on trackside see you at the racetrack everybody with the checkered flag waving, we're wrapping up this week's edition of Trackside. Fear not, race fans, because we'll be back next week. Proudly presented by Document Technologies. Tune in for a fresh new episode packed with engaging interviews, captivating conversations, and all the exhilarating moments you've come to expect. Until then, keep the racing spirit alive, and we'll see you next time on Trackside. Trackside.